talk a couple of minutes about family. Since it's Christmas, Christmas is all about family. Amen? What else is Christmas all about? Well, uh, yeah, number one, Jesus Christ. Amen. You answered right. He is the reason for the season. But when you consider Jesus came as a son, he, he, he came as a child, he came as part of a family. And when you, when you think about the Trinity, you have father, you have son. Does that, does that not denote family? See, so in the Godhead, there is family. And then when we come to Jesus, uh, God connects us to family. So today I want to talk about a couple of minutes about that because Jesus provided a place for everyone. So say to your neighbor, Jesus provides a place for everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Let's open the word of the Lord um, to John chapter 14. I'm going to read from two versions and I'm going to do that because I want to emphasize the part of family. John chapter 14. Let's all stand as we read the word. Hallelujah. He provides a place for everyone. There are no outcasts in the kingdom. Amen. Everyone has a place. Luke, it's good to see you, man. Man, it's good to see you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, some of the family stay home. It was raining. I wanted you to see Delma. What? What's the matter with Delma? I'm not happy to see you. What do you mean I'm not happy to see you? Oh, okay, Luke. I said Luke, Luke, you know, just because I saw him with such a smile, you know. Not to mention the fact that Deacon Al's right in front of you. I can't see you at all. You blame Deacon Al. Hey, there you go. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to see each and every one of you. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. I'm going to read from the New King James. Then I'm going to read from the Living Translation because I think it's very apropos. Um, John chapter 14, verse 1. And this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, notice he says father's house. He doesn't say because of my father, he says in my father's house. So I love the word house because it connotes family. Yes. It, and father's house means that there's a community there of, of siblings, father, mother. I mean, it's, just, uh, it's a warm uh, type of setting. And Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, would, uh, I wouldn't have told you, or rather I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let me say it again. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. See how Jesus was not just thinking about himself. He wasn't saying in my father's house there's many mansions. And I love to go to my father's house because in my father's house there's a pool. You know, there's a lot of food, a lot of celebration. No, that's not what he said. He said, in my father's house there are many mansions and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Amen. Wow. Because there's many mansions. Yes. It's not like we, you know, especially in Manhattan, the folk in Manhattan, they, they call their apartment an apartment, but it's actually a walk-in closet dressed to look like an apartment. Yes. That's how small and tight things are in Manhattan. I know. I'm living there right now, temporarily. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Very temporarily. <laughs> temporarily, Deacon. That's right. Thank you, sir, for prophesying. <laughs> Glory to God. So I love that because he's concerned about me. He's concerned about you. 
most selfish folk would say, that's right, I have a house here, I have a condo there, I have a second home in Puerto Rico somewhere, you know, or in, uh, you know, Antilles, uh, or maybe in uh, South America, you know, I have an, a second home somewhere else, maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, Colorado, you know, the mountains of Colorado, no, I have a house many mansions, and you are in my thoughts. And now, furthermore, since you're family with me now, I'm preparing a place for you. Then it says here, and if I go to prepare a place, verse 3, for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Wow. That is awesome. So I'm going to read it now in the new, I'm sorry, in the Living Bible. Let not your hearts be troubled. You're trusting God, now trust in me. There are many homes up there where my father lives, and I'm going to prepare them for your coming. When everything is ready, then I will come and get you so that you can always be with me where I am. If this weren't so, I would tell you plainly. And you know where I'm going and how to get there. And Thomas said, no, we don't. We haven't any idea where you're going and how, and how can we know the way. And Jesus told him, I am the way, yes, the truth and the life. Yes. No one can get to the Father except by means of me. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love, your kindness. Thank you that you are an awesome God. And you're so uh, loving that you even share your kingdom with us. You give us the privilege of adopting us into your family. Because we were not people of God. And now through Christ we are people of God. We are children of God. We're family with you. We're co-heirs with Jesus. Oh God, what greater privilege could we ever receive on earth? There is none. So today we celebrate that. Today we are encouraged in you, Lord God. That even though here temporarily we might be going through issues, but we thank you that we belong to the greater family. Thank you. We thank you that everything here is temporary. The challenges, the issues, the sufferings are all temporary because you are preparing a place for us. So in this holiday season, my God, we're not just so caught up on I got to get a gift here. I got to work overtime to get somebody else a gift there. Oh, I got to prepare for the, uh, the presents and prepare for the food. Uh, Lord, our greater focus is on remembering why Jesus came to earth. To give us the privilege of being children of God. To give us the privilege of being family. So, Father, we thank you that we belong to the family. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Yeah, this blows me away because when we talk about family, I, I love family. I, I, I love celebrating with family. I love uh, uh, you. You're my family. Amen. So, one of the first things that Jesus did... When he came, you know, a son is born, a child is given. He came to make, make us part of his family. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through all things exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Both the ones who make men holy and those who are made holy are the same. They are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Wow. He calls us brothers and sisters. I'm going to say it again. Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. And then it says, he's not ashamed to do so. Amen. That's right. Man. So that work on the cross, that work that he was born here in, 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 in this earth, in this life, lived 33 years. 
That's, that's amazing to me also, that he prepared 30 years for three years of ministry. <laughs> we like to get ready in three months. We're ready, man. In three months, we're ready to do world-class ministry. It's an industry. That, interesting that the master took 30 years to prepare, but we like to just prepare for one month, one month. I did the new members course. I'm ready, man. Send me to the nations. <laughs> but Jesus took 30 years wow. to prepare. Amen. Wow. Amazing. He says, so I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation. I will sing your praises. <laughs> Jesus sings and he declares our name in the presence of the congregation. He's not ashamed of you. He loves you. He, he loves the fact that you're family. Amen. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, When I think of the wisdom and the scope of his plan, I fall down on my knees and I pray to the Father of all this great family of God, some of them already in heaven and some down here on earth. So we're, we're part of a big family. It's not just those that are here on earth, but there's family in heaven too. Uh, you know, King David, he went on to be with the Lord already. But he's part of family. So all of those witnesses look at us now and they rejoice at the privilege that we have to minister to this generation. Amen. But we're all family. Amen. Out that, that out, verse 16, that out of his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you inner strengthening, mighty inner strengthening of his Holy Spirit. Notice it says here, out of his glorious unlimited resources. You want, you want your mind to be blown? How good would it be if you're working in your job and your boss tells you, I want this done, whatever you need, you got it. Awesome. How mu however much money you want, you've got it. Oh, yeah. How much staff you want, you got it. Just wow. get this done. Mm. Oh, I don't think well, you get awesome. it. Well, let's bring it home. I, I, I like your apartment. I know you want to do a renovation. I'll tell you what, why don't you just renovate? Whatever you need, you got it. Yeah. I'll bankroll it. See, now it's, a little, now it's hitting you a little more home. Because some of you have some projects. Some of the pesky projects that have been around for like 20 years. And, and you ladies have been asking your husbands. I know, I got a lady too. She's been asking me for stuff over and over. Nate, don't, don't praise God too quickly. You know? You're going to experience much of what I experience. But, but it's true. But wouldn't it be awesome... Yes. I don't know if I like your smile. Is that a smile or is it a smirk? <laughs> so, so God says, out of his unlimited resources, he strengthens us. Amen. So when we think, I don't, I don't have enough. I don't, I don't know if there's enough. Uh, hello? Your daddy has more than enough. He has unlimited resources that, by the way, are postured for you, are there, set for you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Then he says, and I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep in the soil of God's marvelous love. Love. See, family has love. And may you be able to feel and understand and comprehend, as all of God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourself. Though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last you'll be filled up with God himself. Hallelujah. You won't fully understand this thing. It's too deep. It's too high. It's too, it's too precious. It's too great. Too, too deep. But one of the things we need to do is give ourselves permission to start understanding it. Because if we base our understanding of the love of God based on humans, it will always fall short. And that's where we mess it up. 
we keep on allowing the enemy to get us to shift our focus from Almighty God to that guy over there, to that lady over there. And since he hurt me, since she hurt me, that's it. God's love must not be... No, no, no. Get your focus back on God because every one of us have feet of clay. Every one of us don't get to that level. So we're practicing God's love. We're learning. We're starting to, to exercise it, but it's very hard to be able to reach that level. So the best we can do is continue our focus on Christ, but continue to be very patient with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to say that again. Keep, keep, keep your focus on Jesus, but be very patient with your brothers and sisters. Very loving with your brothers and sisters. Because if we're not, we're going to get our focus off of this awesome, deep reservoir of provision and love. And we're going to get offended at our limitations. People, you look around me. You hang around me long enough. You're going to see I have limitations. Yeah, I have limitations. Lots of them. If you don't believe me, just ask Gwen. She'll tell you. She lives with me. She lets me know every once in a while. It's true. We all have limitations. And guess what? You do too. Somebody wants it. Yeah, I do. Wow. Yeah, you do. Even you. And so we have to be very loving with each other. Because if we don't, we'll focus on what the enemy did in times past. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to focus on the negative because if he, if we, if he can get us shifted to focus on the negative, yes. we will lose sight on our provision. Yes, that's right. Amen. So and you have a million dollars in the bank and you have a debit card with access to all those million. And you're across the street. You want to get to that ATM? Yes. But as soon as you almost cross the street, there's a lot of water, a big puddle. And it's like you're saying, oh man, look at this puddle, look at this horrible street. Oh, look at this taxi splashing water on me. That's it, man, I'm going, I'm, la I'm leaving. Are you going to do that? No. Meanwhile, you're broke, busted, and disgusted. You're cash poor at the moment, but that ATM has the answer. But you're going to allow a little detour? That's what we do. We do that all the time. When we allow offenses to overtake us, or when we allow the attacks of the enemy to overtake us, a bad boss, a co-worker that you don't like, you know, the rice and beans burnt. <laughs> I mean, we, listen, I've heard it all. We get offended or hurt or distracted by the weirdest things. Not in this church, but in the church down the road. So I'm just preaching it to you because they need the message, right? That's why I'm preaching it to you. So you could bring the message to them. Hallelujah. So the first thing is God gives us the privilege of becoming family. Second thing, in family there is receiving. I love that about family. Come Christmas, I know somebody's going to have something for me. I know it. <laughs> somebody's going to have something for me. Amen. I know I'm going to get something. I'm going to get a gift because I'm in family. Hallelujah. God. Glory to God. Send in a message. Uh, amen. I'm projecting. That's <laughs> no, true. I can expect it. Even if, you know, in, in this generation, sometimes uh, uh, money's a little tight, we will always give something. Whether it's a shirt, whether it, you know, maybe some cologne. Something. I'll get something. Because we're in family. We give to each other. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And this is Jesus talking. My counsel is, don't worry about things. Don't worry about food, drink, clothing. For you already, you already have life and a body. And they are far more important than what to eat and wear. Look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. 
They don't need to sow or reap or store up, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than they are. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as beautifully as they. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he, be more, surely, won't he more surely care for you, O men of little faith? Hallelujah. So don't worry about all the things like having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things. What things? Food, clothing, having things. The world always cares about that. Look at my Lexus. Look at my Mercedes. Look at my Rolex. Well, I'm serious. They always, that's, that's their, that's what makes them proud. Yet Jesus was saying, don't worry about those things. And then he says, for they take pride in all these things. But your heavenly father knows, he already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he'll give them to you if you will give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. So don't worry. Jesus said, don't worry. Say to your neighbor, stop worrying. Stop worrying. <laughs> yeah, so some of you, you know, uh, we see your frown lines 90% of the time. Frown lines. You know what frown lines are? Yeah, they are. <laughs> always, always worried about something. What's the matter with you? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Everything's all right. You sure? Oh, yeah. Just, I don't know. I just have, I'm sensing something. Wow. <laughs> Always frowning. That's just a hair in the eye. It's just a hair in the eye? I don't think so. I don't think so. Don't worry. Say to your neighbor, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I think there was a singer out there, got a revelation. He said, Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Amen. In family, there's also giving, there's receiving, and there's giving. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 says, let us not become weary in doing good. Don't become weary. Don't give up. Yeah, but you don't understand. I've helped this person. I've helped that person. And then, you know, they talk about me or they, uh, they ignore me or they don't care. Listen, whenever you sow into somebody's life, even if that person never responds back, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and 10, even if that person doesn't respond back to you, it's already registered in heaven. What you sow is what you'll reap. Whether or not that person responds to you, reciprocates in kind or not, it doesn't make a difference. God will have somebody else respond to you. Amen. Amen. So givers are the... Actually, Jesus said it. What did he say about givers? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Wow. So he said this. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Be good to all people. When you have a chance, yeah, but pastor, you don't work where I work. Especially there. When people don't deserve it and you're still kind to them, that is a supernatural opportunity right there. First and foremost, you're showing that person that even though they don't deserve it, you're, you're exercising mercy. You're exercising love and care. They might not tell you anything, but in their heart of hearts, they're going, what's the matter with that person? Nobody else responds that way to me. I've got to dig a little deeper. I've got to see what's, uh, what's that person's philosophy. Like the world would say, what's their motivation? And then you get the opportunity to share Christ with them. 
So in family, there's also giving. The third thing, or the fourth thing, in family, there's hope. You know, when you're down, your brother, your sister will come up to you, now you could do better, you could do it, no problem. This one didn't work out, but next time it'll work out. There's hope in family. Have you been ever encouraged by family? What about the Christian family, the church family? We come here, we receive hope, we get encouraged. Amen. There is. In um, Proverbs 23, 17, it says, Don't envy evil men, but continue to reverence the Lord at all times. For surely you have a wonderful future ahead of you. There is hope for you yet. That's why when I get up in the morning, I'm excited. Because I know there's hope. I know God can turn a thing around. Amen. Maybe in this situation, I'm not getting any results, but it's okay. There's something that God's working on that I don't see yet. I'm not going to question whether or not he's working on it. I know he's working on it. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Because God's faithful. Amen. Amen. In Romans 15, 13, he says, So I pray for you Gentiles that God who gives you hope will keep you happy and full of peace as you believe in him. I pray that God will help you overflow with hope in him through the Holy Spirit's power within you. The Holy Spirit's already within you. Amen. So when you ask the Holy Spirit for power to continue to hope, he'll well up within you and give you the strength. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm weak, I'm weary. You know, you've seen it time and time again. There's a certain emergency and maybe your child is in danger or maybe your co-laborer and suddenly a, a great incredible feat of strength is, is needed at that moment. Yes. And suddenly out of nowhere you lift the car. Or you do something that, you know, you look at yourself, I didn't have the power. Oh, uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> it was reserved within you. Yes. Amen. There's adrenaline in the natural. But there's also spiritual adrenaline. Yes. Uh, adrenaline. Yes. The Holy Ghost inside of you will give you the strength you need to overcome a situation or deal with an issue if you ask Him. It's there already. All you need to do is, you know, just tap into it. Ask Him for it. What happens is we're so used to dealing with stuff our own way. Okay, now I'm going to meddle a bit. The problem is the way we deal with stuff is usually in the flesh. I, got, I didn't get one amen, so that means I'm either, I'm either stepping on your toes and you're going, oh, or I've lost you. All right, everybody get up and give me 100 jumping jacks right now. <laughs> Luke said, what, are you out of your mind? <laughs> This is church, not the gym. You'd be surprised. You get, you get the praise on. This will be gym too. Think about it. We handle stuff. I'm going to handle this. Uh, I get concerned when I hear some of you talk like that. Because right after that, the, the fists fly. The words start coming forth. And it's not speaking in tongues. Well, it is tongues, but it's not Holy Ghost tongues. No, no, no. Dig, dig, dig deep and allow the Lord to give you wisdom. Hallelujah. I mean, it takes, more, it takes more energy and strength sometimes to trust the Lord. You've got to dig deep and stand. And it's easy for us to, uh, you know, just respond the way we've always responded. No, she didn't. <laughs> roll up the sleeves. Put the money on. <laughs> roll up the hair. Oh, yeah. Take out the, take out the, the, the fang. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
Listen, I've been in I've been in the Lord for a long time. I've been in church a long time. I've seen fist fights right outside the church. Oh yeah, oh I've seen it. I've seen fist fights right outside the church of people that were fellowshipping a couple of minutes before. I love you, Lord, and I lift my praise. Come here. <laughs> Amazing. I said, wasn't that what? What? Oh wow. Okay. In family, there is hope. Amen. <laughs> but we need to allow the Holy Spirit to well up within us. Because what happens is, the way you respond, unfortunately, if you fight with the individual, God's not there. He doesn't have an opportunity to bring life to that individual. So, there's giving, there's receiving, and there's hope, and there's also expectation. See, I can expect from my family. Really, I can expect from my family. At the end of the service, I'll go downstairs, and my daughter Crystal comes to me from, to me from time to time. She goes, Daddy... <laughs> Some of you have seen her. Right? And if I don't respond, then she goes, hey, she goes. <laughs> now, if any of you do that, I'm going to go, is something wrong with you? <laughs> something wrong with your hand? You need me to pray for your hand? <laughs> but when Crystal does it, I know what she's saying. So, you know, let me get a dollar, man. I want some of Vera's brownies or something. It's like a unspoken language. And you know what happens? I go into my pocket, and I give her a dollar or two, and sometimes that's not enough. <laughs> but it's family. She expects for me to respond, and I do. And she has the right to do that. You understand? In family, there's expe expectation. And it's, and it's a well-placed uh, expectation. We should expect from each other. Amen. Amen. My wife sometimes she says, Vic, I'm hungry. That's all she says. I'm hungry. So the expectation is that it's okay, let's go have dinner, uh, you know, let's uh, or let me get on the phone and call it in, you know. That's all, I, that's all she has to say, I'm hungry. <laughs> Nate, I'm just giving you some, you know, I'm schooling you a bit. <laughs> The quicker you learn, man, the more the, more the anointing will flow. <laughs> so when, when she says, I'm hungry, immediately I go into action. <laughs> Send some food right away. There's expectation because we're family. In, in Psalm 62, verse 5, my soul waits silently for you, God, alone, for my expectation is from him. He is my only rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. See, when I pray, I have expectation. Because Heavenly Father, He is my prayer. And Heavenly Father loves me. He told me. Not only is He preparing a place for me, so that when my earthly life is gone, I'll be with Him. But while I'm here... He told me that it would, if I would ask him, I would receive. Because he loves me and he's a good heavenly father. Yes, yes. Then Jesus said, which one of you who are parents and you're not that good. If your son asks for a piece of, uh, uh, let's say, bread or fish, you'll give him a stone. Mm. Anybody here? No. He says, how much more your heavenly father wow. will give you the things you need. Will give you the Holy Spirit for help. 
will give you divine provision. There's expectation. When I pray to God, I expect answers. Now, here's the thing. Since Daddy knows more than me, sometimes I pray it doesn't come the way I want to. But see, here's another trap we get ourselves into. We pray and we want things answered in a certain way. And if God doesn't answer it that way, we throw a tantrum. Has anybody ever had children here? Have you, ever, have you ever seen children act when they don't get the, the gift they want? Just walk with a two-year-old into Toys R Us. That's all you need to do. You'll see what I'm talking about. Ooh, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. I'm serious. Or they can be in a room. They go to a, vi a home. They're visiting a home. And that other child has lots of toys. They go into that room. Ooh, nice. They'll grab the toy. It's mine. No, that don't belong to you. It, it belongs to me. I got it. It's in my hands. It's mine. No, it belongs to that boy right there. No, no. And you, you have to pry it from their hands. Yes. You've ruined their day because they wanted it in a certain way. And yet many of us were that way with daddy. Lord, I ask that you respond and respond exactly this way. And God sends it to you another way. God, give me some patience. So he sends you a bad boss. He'll send you terrible co-workers. Oh God, what are you doing? Don't you love me? So, yeah, I love you. And I'm, I'm sending you people that will help exercise the muscle called patience. That's true. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help me to grow spiritually. Make me a mighty man of God. And then suddenly the pastor and the elders and the deacons and the ushers come and all rebuke you. What? You, you, just, you, you said what to me? I'm out of this church. Those people. Oh, God loves you. He's bringing you men and women around you that can mentor you. So you'll be strong in Christ. Hallelujah. Wasn't that your prayer? <laughs> no, we want to wake up one morning and just wake up with muscles. We just want to wake up, you know, and, and just, you know, the hair's perfectly, you know, cut and combed. Our teeth are brilliant white. We don't have to brush our teeth anymore. We get up and the food's there already with the butler. That's what we want. We want blessing right there. We get up, blessing. Oh, man, pray. Thank you, Lord, for blessing. You know? Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. You're such a good God. No, he's going to answer the best way. And we need to trust him enough that when we're going through processes, that he's right there in the midst of the process and we're learning from the process. Amen, amen. One thing that... Uh, John Maxwell said, and he said it in a funny way, but it makes a lot of sense. He said, when you're down, before you get up, make sure you look for change. In every situation, even when you're down, there's some change to find. In other words, there's always something in the process. Uh, when you're going through the difficult time, there's something that God is teaching you. There's always a lesson to be learned Amen. as God is growing us up. So when you're going through the offense, you're going through the fight, you're going through the difficulty, ask God what he wants you to learn in that process. Yes, yes. I got one yes, everybody else is going, oh, groan. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Are you going to take that one home? You didn't even write that one down. 
just like point number five, scratched off, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes we learn more in the difficult time than we do in the good times. Because in the good times, we tend to get lazy, comfortable. We get into a rut. We stop doing the things that work. Isn't that amazing? We do a little exercise, we feel better. So we stop exercising. We diet for a week, and we feel a little, you know, the, the belt doesn't hurt as much. Feel a little better, feel a little more peppier. Nice. So we go right to, uh, you know, the, the ice cream store. And get a, like a, a triple Sunday explosion suicide bar. Amazing. We, we, we just, we are our own worst enemies. If it works, keep on doing it. Don't give it up. Six point in family, there's protection. Oh, if anybody tries to do anything to me, you're going to have to deal with my wife. You're going to have to deal with my children. That's, it's true. They will protect me. They will, they, they'll mess you up. You try to mess with me. Yeah, I'm serious. They will. And, and, and if somebody messes with them, I will mess you up. Because it's family. It's, you know, we do that. We protect each other. In Psalms 19, verse 7 through 11, God's laws are perfect. They protect us. They make us wise. They give us joy and light. God's laws are pure, eternal, and just. They are more desirable than gold. They're sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. For they warn us away from harm, and they give success to those who obey them. I love the Lord. He sends his angels. I remember one time I was in the East Harlem area and I'm passing by and somebody just starts, uh, you know, complaining about me or starts uh, talking about me. And then suddenly one guy just comes next to me, just starts singing. One of them starts singing um, uh, choir songs, uh, church choir songs. He says, oh, now we recognize who you are and let me go. Another time I'm passing by an empty building, a lot, an abandoned lot. And these guys come out of it and with a knife just get in there right now and give us your money. And so I just look at them. I, I stood my ground. I wasn't going to go in there. I said, if you want, I have 10 cents in my pocket. I'll give it to you, but I got to get to church. And suddenly they just look at me. No, actually, I didn't even tell them where I was going. So I have to go somewhere. And they looked at me. They went, no, hold on a second. Now, we respect you. We're going to let you go. They let me go. They didn't even take my 10 cents. <laughs> I said, I, I was really, really tight those days. But what moved me was the fact that they were ready to harm me. Yes. And suddenly they changed their mind. I believe that somewhere along the line, God moved on my behalf. Yes. I believe that with all my heart. I could tell you stories that I, I'm telling you, you think it's out of a movie. I was almost murdered one time and suddenly, out of, just out of nowhere, somebody showed up and said, nah, that's all right, you can leave him alone. And a gang had took, taken me with, with uh, they had um, tied, uh, tied me down taking me to the roof to throw me off because I was in, the, in their turf. I like that one. I was in their turf. What do you mean by your turf? I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or the wrong place at the right time. Or the right place at the wrong time. I don't get that. I just know it was the wrong time. Wrong place. But just before they threw me off the roof, the president of that gang showed up. And he says, I know that guy. You could let him go. This is just as simple as that. Did I call for him? No. I believe the Lord brought him to that place to spare my life. 
I wouldn't have been alive today. But God, He protected me. My Heavenly Father protected me because He loves me. Hallelujah. So, in family, there's protection. And you belong to this greater family. And lastly, in family, there is inheritance. There is inheritance. In, in Psalms 37, it says, The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. I'm going to say that again. The Lord will provide inheritance in such a way that in times of disaster, they will not wither. Now, God is saying that days of disaster will come. But in the disaster, you won't wither. And it says here, in days of famine, they will come. And God knows we're very close to that right now here in the United States. May God give our government wisdom because, let me tell you, we are in very pivotal times. We are in an inflection point in this nation. It could go one way or another. We need to pray for our leaders. Because many of them, they don't know what to do. And this is not just hitting the United States. It's hitting the world right now. It's impacting the world. Because we have a global economy today. What, it, what impacts Sri Lanka will affect our neighborhood today. It's amazing. In, in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, he says, You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the day of redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. So there's an inheritance that God has for us. In the same way family expects inheritance, God has an inheritance for us. And it is found in Christ. So this Christmas season, we need to remember what's the real reason. For the season. We need to remember that we're part of a great family. That, that has determined to bless us even before we were born. First and foremost, he made us a part of this family. Second thing he did, he gave us the privilege to be able to receive in this family. The third thing, he gave us the privilege to be able to give. Not just to receive, but to also give. So are you postured to give in this day? He gave us hope. I have hope every morning. You also have hope every single day of your life. He gave us expectation. We can expect God to be there with us. We can expect Him to answer our prayers. We can expect Him to know what we're going through. Praise God for that. Sixth thing, He gave us protection. And He gives us protection. Do you know the angels of the Lord encamp round about those who, who love Him? Amen. He protects us. I thank God for His angels every day. Amen. I thank God for His divine protection every day. Amen. I thank God for His protection on my children, upon you. Amen. I thank God for His goodness, His kindness. And lastly, inheritance. Amen. Right now we're enjoying the prayers of the saints that are no longer here. Yes. Some of our freedom, some of our answers. The fact that we're here today worshiping Him is because somebody prayed for you. Yes. Somebody loved you enough. To think about you and present you before the Lord. So we have inheritance. We're enjoying that inheritance. And right now we are preparing an inheritance for the future generation. The children are downstairs. We're preparing their inheritance now. 
The Bible says a righteous man, and when I say man, I'm talking about mankind, men and women, righteous men and women leave an inheritance for their children's children. Shallow people only think about today. Wise men and women think about tomorrow, about leaving an inheritance. And I, I'm being moved by that every day. Lord, what are we doing? Even the issue of cameras, uh, even the issue of getting things on video for our children and children's children. I mean, I wish I had a video today. We might have it, actually, of the fire, because I think it's archived, maybe even in the Internet. But I want our own stuff so that we could share it with our children and our children's children. When we get our building, how did we get it? What fights did we have to fight? We need to archive those things. Your own life, as you're, as you're developing yourself, you're going to school, you're preparing yourself, somebody's going to be blessed by that. Amen. Part of the reason why I, I had my book done is because the Lord made it clear to me, this book will continue to bless others while you're asleep. While you're on vacation, people will be getting saved because they're reading the book. They're reading your testimony and the principles contained therein. And it's not just about a book. What about next week? What about a church blog where people could go 24 hours a day, seven days a week to our church blog and hear things that we're experiencing, things that we've overcome, that somebody from Africa could read it. Yeah, people they, they, from Africa, from the UK, uh, from, my God, from uh, China, all over the world, people go to our website. Yes. I don't know if you know this. They listen to our messages. One of your co-workers also? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, no, you know why? Next week, a month from now, six months from now, somebody's going to hear this on audio. So I want them to hear your testimony. Um, one of the doctors I work with was going through something, and he happens to be Hindu, okay? But, um, you know, I, I, he knows that I'm a Christian, and he's always goofing and, do, you know, joking about that fact everything is you know because i'm a christian but um after i shared with him something you know i tried to encourage him i directed him to our site and he was blessed by your words so he went and he actually listened to the messages on the on the site okay. thank you i didn't know that wow so imagine that multiply that by a hundred multiply it by a thousand you know there are people right now that uh for example this lady lady gaga Lady Gaga has more, I don't know how many millions of people read her tweets. What in the world is she tweeting? I don't know, I don't get on it, I just, you know. What is she tweeting? But you know what's the interesting thing about, about that? 17 million people, whatever it might be, receive her tweet. She influences 17 million people. Right now, Rick Warren influences almost a million people on his daily tweets. Amen. See, so it's depending what you choose to tweet or what you choose to blog. We choose to share the word of the Lord. We choose to share the blessing of the family and invite them to be a part of the family. You understand? So I'm not going to get so focused and, and, and become emotionally uh, distressed because they're doing bad, they're doing horrible. No, I'm going to do my part. Yeah, but only 20 people read your tweets. Uh, but 20 people do. You didn't get that. If you're influencing 20 people for the kingdom of God, 
that's, in, that's eternally impacting them and everybody they will ever reach. So it's not 20. It's 20 who reach 200, who reach 2,000, who reach 200,000, who reach 20 million. You see how effective and, and, and how... Um, it's not plus. It's not times. It's exponential. You know what exponential means? Two times two is four. But two times four is eight. But two times eight is 16. But two times 16 is 32. So that, that's exponential. It's, it, it grows exponentially. Two to the second power. 16, 16 times 16. And then whatever that number is times that number. So it's actually multiplied even. It's two times two times two. Two times two is four times two. Four times four. And then yeah. you know what I'm saying? Then 16 times 16. So it's actually. Even more. So all I'm going to say is, it's more than what you think. As you know, I didn't do too well in my mathematics. I just know exponential is large. Amen. See, so we have to think bigger this coming year. We have to expand because the gospel message is a, a, it, it's an international message. It's not a, yeah, you know, it's little four people in church, us four and no more. No, we're touching the world. Amen. Say to your neighbor, we're touching the world. So we, we actually are. We're already touching the world, but now we need to touch the world more. And touch locally and touch regionally and touch the world more and more and more. So say to your neighbor, touch the world more. And more. And more. Hallelujah. I have a lot of, I, I'm, I have, I'm very expectant. Yes. In God. Amen. I'm looking forward to the year 2011. Yeah, but they said recession and this and that. Hey, wherever great sin abounds, great grace doth more abound. So I'm expecting great grace. I'm expecting miracles, signs, wonders. I'm expecting people's lives to be turned around. I'm expecting supernatural grace and favor. I'm expecting to walk into places and suddenly the doors that weren't open will suddenly fling wide open because supernaturally God touched that thing. Amen. 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 And he'll do it in the midst of my enemies. Yes. Amen. Because my father works that way. We want God to hide us from all pain. And God says, no, I'm sending you right into the midst of the storm and you're going to see a miracle in the midst of the storm. And I'm going to be with you because, see, you're my son. You're my daughter. I'm not going to let you suffer this alone. I'm going to walk with you. Amen. Isn't it amazing that Jesus was in a boat in the midst of a storm and he was sleeping? Just, just this week, they had a, um, I, I forgot where it was, maybe in Iceland somewhere. There was a, a nice, beautiful, large cruiser, cruise ship. And you, they, I don't know how they got this video because they saw the ship. There must have been maybe a helicopter or something. But this ship, a big cruise ship, was going like this. <sighs> I mean, it's horrible. And I looked at it, I remembered. Because we went through that. Norwegian Dawn. The Norwegian Dawn. Yeah. And we paid money to, to go through that. <laughs> But in the midst of it, and when that ship was going, people were crying, and the furniture's breaking, it's going like this, and the furniture goes that way, bam, and then it goes out, and then bam, and inside all the stores, all the china was breaking. I said, oh man, that would have been so cool to have at home, all broken. 
in the midst of it, I'm looking around saying, dear God, I'm in the middle of this. I can't believe this. This is surreal. It's like a movie. People angry, going to the poor concierge. Take the shoe and throw it at them. I mean, it's horrible. And I'm looking at it, and my wife, she's sitting next. And she's just sitting there, and we're sitting. And I can't believe this. This lady comes up to my wife, and she just, there's a little space. You know, don't you hate that? There's a little space like that. And, and the shit just went in, she went, <laughs> and my wife is right there. So suddenly, Ali goes, she goes, is there a problem with you? <laughs> so she just let her have. So then they went. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, everybody was upset. <laughs> my, wife, my wife fixed her right there. She got her saved and filled with the Holy Ghost right there. <laughs> so in the midst of it, I says, you know, this is... I, I can't believe we're going through this. So I went to the bar, right by the side. There's some nice, comfy side, not, not chairs, but it's just a whole section covered with a nice plush. It's like um, a bench. Yeah, like a bench. It was, uh, so I just laid there and I went to sleep. I went to sleep. I said, I'm going to sleep because I, if I stay up, I'm going to get seasick. <laughs> you know, it's going to take a while to get back to shore. But I'm going to sleep. So in the midst of the storm, I was able to get a nice quality sleep. As the ship's going, I'm going, lullaby and good night. Yeah, it was, it was really cool after a while. Jesus slept in the midst of the storm. His disciple went up to him and said, don't you care that we're dying here? <clears throat> and Jesus looked at him and he says, <sighs> he goes up to the front of the storm, says, peace, be still. <sighs> Ye of little faith. He says, I told you, we're getting, you want to finish preaching this? <laughs> it's all yours. You know, it's the problem when you're preaching in the same church all the time. After a while, you people know, you know, the punchline. That's what he said. He says, I promise you, we're getting to the other side. And that's what he tells all of us. We're getting to the other side. Why fret? Why worry? Why lose sleep? Rest in him. Enjoy. You're part of the family. Greater is he that is in you and in your family than he that is in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you part of the family? Yeah. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand and rejoice as part of the family. Rejoice in the Lord always. Everybody grab your hands. All across the aisle, just grab your hands. Because you know, we're family. Grab your hands. your family grab somebody grab a hand well the musicians can't grab a hand because they need their hands so. so you guys are exempt you're welcome sir you're welcome you guys grabbing your hands back there grabbing the hands <laughs> hallelujah father as an act and as a symbol that we're family lord we we lock hands together in this christmas season and Father, in the same way that our hands are locked, I pray, I pray, Father, that you would lock our hearts together. I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit right now, knit us in the Spirit, knit us in our hearts, knit us in our very souls, that from this day moment, or rather, that from this day forward, we would see that we are family. That we would act like family. Not just 
any family because there are families that don't treat each other well. But I'm talking about a healthy family that loves, loves each other, a godly family that honors each other, that recognizes that we're all unique. There's no one here alike. Each one has a different gift, a different ability. And Lord, that we might be able to give the same care that you give to us. Because in family, there is care. In family, there is giving. In family, there is receiving. In family, there's protection. There's expectation. There's inheritance. So Father, I pray that you cause us to be one big family. A family that is filled with your spirit. A family that understands that we could do more as a community than alone. A family that when we're attacked, when one is attacked, all of us come to the aid. A family that when one comes and criticizes one, we will reject that criticism. You will not talk about my family that way. Help us to realize and understand on a spirit level that he who criticizes his family condemns himself. Help us to realize that if my family prospers, I prosper too. That if my family receives a benefit, I receive a benefit as part of that family. Help us to understand that when Jesus was born, when the angelic host says goodwill to men, part of that goodwill was that God was extending his hand to humanity and saying, I desire that you be my family. I desire to restore you back to me. You belong to me. That we might understand that today and that we might release an honor among each other. Lord, that we have not understood until today. That we might release a care. That we might release concern for each other like never before. Because in their prosperity lies our prosperity. And in our prosperity as a church lies the prosperity and the inheritance of our children and our children's children. And you said that even in difficult times and even in famine, we would prosper when we put these principles into action. So Lord, I pray that these principles would become truth and revelation, personal revelation for each individual who is part of this family. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.